Amen. Thank you, Pastor Sam. How's everybody doing tonight? Everybody doing well? Everybody blessed? Smiling? Good deal. That's awesome. Um, it's always good to be in church. Amen. Always good to be in the presence of God. And, and uh, you know, I, I just, we've been doing this series and I've been listening to the podcast because usually I'm upstairs with the youth and, and uh, with the students and working with them. And so I've been listening to the podcast and it's been really, it's been really, really good. I want to first uh, start off by saying thank you to Pastor Sam for opening up the pulpit. You know, I, I, I would be willing to bet that not many uh, pastors probably nationwide are willing to open up their pulpit and and let, you know, different people in the church preach, much less a, a younger generation. That might be an insecurity for some pastors, but uh, Pastor Sam is very willing to open up the pulpit and uh, let us share what God's put on our heart for us to be able to share that and hone our skill and hone our gifting, and so we're very thankful for that. And let me encourage you with this. I love listening to podcasts, and uh, uh, when I'm working throughout my day, I, I love either listening to the Bible or podcasts or just educational leadership stuff. And uh, rarely do I listen to music, but I listen to podcasts. Let me encourage you to take advantage of the podcasts that we have on iTunes. Okay, you can do it through the through the web, through the internet, um, on our site, or you can do it through iTunes. I prefer iTunes, and it is so simple if you have a smartphone. And take advantage of that because. You know, we have this technology that can either, you know, it can also be a distraction, but it can be a great tool. And it's been a great tool for me. It's fed me in moments that, you know, were busy times where I, I fed myself, you know, with the Word of God through, you know, hearing the Word of God. And it built my faith because that's how faith is built, by hearing the Word of God. And so take advantage of, of, of the podcast that we have. Go through if you miss some weeks, you know, on this series, Just for Success, go back and listen to them. Because it has been really, really good. Pastor Sam started off with the belt of truth, and about have to, uh, you know, we have to wrap ourselves and gird ourselves with the belt of truth. How we have to stand for truth, and we cannot be uh, swayed by what the deceptions of the world has to offer. Okay, that we have to stand firm to the truth that we know, because that's the truth that set us free, right? And I, I believe Josh. Uh, I didn't get to listen in. I don't think it's on on the podcast. But Josh, did he share on the sword of the spirit? No breastplate. Breastplate of Righteousness, is that it? Okay, I haven't got to listen to it or talk to him about it. Josh is a great teacher. I'm sure it's phenomenal. Kobe spoke on uh, faith, the shield of faith that quenches the fiery darts of the enemy. Really good stuff. Kobe is a teacher. Really, really, really good stuff. I need to listen to it like ten times over. Okay, and uh, on saving faith and how that faith is activated and how we keep that faith and hold to that faith, how it quenches the fiery darts and how that all comes to play with the armor of God. Kay did a great job with the gospel of the shoes of peace and how that pro it, it provides us with a firm foundation that we stand on. How many of you know we need a firm foundation in the days that we're living in? We need a firm foundation that is the gospel of peace that surpasses all understanding is what the Bible says. And so he did a great job talking about uh, the, those shoes that pertain to the armor of God. And so it's been a great series. So I said all that to say this, if you missed a week, Go back and listen to the podcast. If you miss a Sunday, listen to the podcast. Let your faith be built by the hearing of the Word of God. Amen. So let's pray tonight before we get started, before we jump into it. And um, I, would, I, would just, I would just hate to start off without prayer and asking the Lord to speak to us. 
Father, we love you tonight, God, and Lord, I'm so grateful to be in this position, Lord, to hear your voice so that I could speak your voice. Father, I pray that the very life of the Scripture tonight, that it would, it would change us, that it would, it would just move us, that the Holy Spirit would, would pierce our hearts when it comes to, Lord, this passage on the armor of God, that we would see the absolute necessity and the importance of every day spiritually putting on the armor of God. Lord, we thank you that you're going to speak to us. We thank you that you're going to reveal new and, and exciting revelation uh, words to us tonight that are going to reveal things about ourselves that we didn't even know, God, that we would leave here feeling changed and challenged and, and just absolutely refreshed. Lord, we give you all the praise. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Amen. If you got your Bible, and I hope you do, open your Bible, turn on your Bible, whatever it is. I know we got iPhones and iPads uh, today, so uh, I don't care how you read your Bible, just as long as you read your Bible. Amen? Okay? Ephesians 6.10, starting at verse 10, on putting on the armor of God has been our key verses. And like Pastor Sam says, this series has been called Dress for Success, Gaining Victory Over the Powers of Darkness. How many of you know that we're not fighting a war against flesh and blood? Okay, we're going to read that scripture in a second. But that the, the war that we're in is a spiritual battle. And so Paul is saying in Ephesians that you are in a spiritual battle. And every day that you need to spiritually put on the armor that God has blessed you with. Okay, so it's a spiritual thing. And we're going to learn that in just a second. It's not necessarily a physical thing that we do, but it is a spiritual thing. And it's not something that needs to be done when we feel like it. Okay? It needs to be something done that is done daily. Something that we don't even devote ourselves to at night, but something that when we wake up in the morning, it is what we devote ourselves to and decide in our minds and in our hearts that we're going to put on the armor of God before we ever leave the house. Okay? I want you to catch that because that's, that's, that's important. I don't want to lay in bed and say, God, I devote myself to put on the full armor of God as I go to sleep tonight. Okay? I want to start off my day and decide and devote my day to when I spend time with God first thing in the morning and I'm giving Him my first fruits. The first thing that I want to do before I leave the house is put on the armor of God because I know when I step out into the world and I go into the mission field that there is a spiritual battle going on that I am unaware of. That there are spiritual forces at play and spiritual forces at work that want to stop the will of God from coming to pass in my life. So it is, it's so important, it's imperative for us to understand the full importance of the armor of God. And so let's read Ephesians 16, let's read our, our key verses tonight and what we've been talking about the last few weeks. It says this, Paul's writing to the Ephesians and he says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Okay, that could be tricks, that could be tactics, that could be plans. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. There's a spiritual battle going on. It's not against flesh and blood. It's not against each other. It's not against your neighbor. It's not against your boss. Okay, it's not against the person that is trying to harm you. It is a spiritual battle that we are in every day. Verse 13, therefore take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to what? Stand. Stand therefore having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breast, 
breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with a preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith with, with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one, and take the helmet of salvation, that's what we're talking about tonight, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. And for me, that utterance may be given to me that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador, that's us too, in chains that I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. So Paul, clearly, after giving them all these instructions, he explains that, it's not about flesh and blood and that you're not battling each other. Sometimes we get hung up and we just think we're just battling against each other. And it's against, you know, this person is trying to come against me. But no, it's a spiritual force that's coming against you, that's coming into play. And that we are battling principalities. We are battling the powers of darkness. So he's saying, finally, after all my instructions, you need to make sure you do this every day. That you need to put on the armor of God. And then he says, he talks about the helmet of salvation that I'm going to be talking about tonight. And the helmet of salvation, I'll be honest, I didn't know a lot about it when I started studying. But man, when I started studying about it and reading about it and God started speaking to me, I got really fired up and literally went and, and put a helmet on. And I'm just kidding. But I got really fired up and excited about this, this study. And, and I, here's my goal tonight. I have three goals. Okay, number one, I want to explain to you what the helmet of salvation is. Number two, I want to explain to you why you need or how you put on the helmet of salvation. Number three, I want to explain to you why you need to put on the helmet of salvation. Now, you know from a helmet, it's pretty self-explanatory. You know from a helmet is all about protection. Okay, he said before earlier in Ephesians that our weapons are not carnal weapons, which means they're not tangible physical weapons. But here, the armor of God is about protection. This is about protecting yourself. A helmet is all about protection. You don't use a helmet as a weapon. I mean, you might if you just come to your, you know, if you don't have anything else. But you use a helmet as protection. It is to protect your head. Okay? That's, that's pretty easy to comprehend. It is to protect not only your head, but it is to protect the knowledge, the reasoning, the understanding, and the truth that is in your head. So the helmet of salvation is all about protecting your mind and your thought life. It's all about protecting that. Now, I got, I got stuck on this word salvation because I really wanted to break this down and figure out what exactly he was saying about salvation. Because if we're to protect this truth that lies on the inside of our mind, we're protect our thought life and to keep things from setting up camp in our mind and to setting up resonance in our mind and we're to protect these things. I wanted to understand what salvation is. Salvation is basically being saved from something. We know that because Jesus died on the cross that he saved us from an eternity in hell. But here's also something that I believed in, that Jesus, he came so that we would have life abundantly. So he saves me from the hell of this life, which means he saves me from the hell of my thought life. Because I know that without the salvation of God, and I know that without the truth of God, my thought life would be pretty bad. You know that 90 to 95%, I'm going to tell you how many thoughts that you think in a day in just a little bit, but 90 to 95% of people's thoughts are negative. Now, I don't know if that's based on Christians or not, but that's, that's, a, that's a world survey that 90 to 95% of people's thoughts are negative thoughts. 
without Jesus, without the, the, the salvation of Jesus and what he did, my thought life would just be trash. So now that I am in Jesus, and now that I've been born again, I now have a truth that I hold to. I now have a hope of salvation. 1 Thessalonians 5.8 describes it as, he says, Paul's writing in Thessalonians, he says that you need to take the helmet, which is the hope of salvation. Okay, let me explain that. That's not a hope as in, I hope it doesn't rain tomorrow so I can get a lot done. That's what I call an insecure hope. Okay, that's not the hope that he's talking about. The hope that he's talking about is a confident hope. It's a confident hope for your future, knowing that Jesus died so that I would have eternity with him and so that I would have life and have it abundantly. That means that not that it doesn't mean that I'm not going to have troubles and the enemy's not going to try to come against me. It means that Jesus will give me peace in the middle of my trouble. Okay? That's the hope he's talking about. It's a confident hope, not an insecure hope of, well, it's the hope of salvation that I'm protecting. I'm protecting that hope that, well, I don't really know if it's going to happen or not. I don't know if it's, the enemy's going to win in my life. I don't know if I'm going to have victory. No, it's a confident, righteous hope that Jesus gave you when he died on the cross that you are protecting in your mind. So that helmet of salvation is protecting that hope and it's protecting that good and it's protecting that will and it's protecting that truth that lies on the inside of your mind. Okay? That helmet is to protect that. Okay, Proverbs 23, 7 says this, that as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. As a man thinks in his heart. Now, I know it says heart, and that it, as he thinks in his heart, but you have to understand a thought happens, it happens in your brain. It starts with, in your mind. And then what happens is it begins to set up resonance in your heart, and then you begin to speak things because it comes from your heart. But it starts with a thought in your brain and a thought in your mind. And my point is this from this scripture, as goes your thought life, okay, as goes your thoughts, as goes, as you think, so goes your life, okay, as goes your thought life, and as goes the thoughts that come into your mind, and that you let set up camp in your mind, so goes your life and the quality of your life. Which means the thoughts that you think and that you let set up camp and that battle the truth and, and the hope of salvation that you know, that fight against that, if you let and you don't place that helmet of salvation on to protect that fight that wants to come against the hope of salvation, then that means that if you begin to think on those things, so goes your life. Okay? It's, here's an extreme example. Take an insane person. Someone that has a mental instability. Someone that has a mental instability as goes, as their mind has been compromised. And as their mind begins to break down, what follows? Their life breaks down. Then they need someone to feed them. Then they need someone to tell them what to do. Then they need someone to maybe even, uh, uh, you know, brace them or hold them down or strap them down or lock them up. Because as goes their mind, so goes their life. And as goes your thought life and what you let creep in and, and without the protection of the helmet of salvation, if you let thoughts come in and battle the hope of salvation and the truth that you know that has set you free, if you let that set up camp, so goes your life. John 8.32 says this, And you shall know the truth, 
and the truth will make you free. That it's the truth that makes us free. And that every day that there is a spiritual battle going on and there is, there is battles that are going on in our thought life and in our minds that are wanting to battle that truth that we know and that has set us free. It means you, you, you once, before you got born again, before you got saved, you once had a terrible thought life, but now you've been born again and, you, and, and, and now you've been saved and Jesus has changed your life. This is the truth that has set you free. But that does not mean that there are not thoughts that are going to try to battle against that truth. That's where the helmet of salvation comes into play. And you know, when things start falling apart, and when things start falling, it's, easily to re- it's easy to recognize the person who wore the helmet and someone who chose not to wear the helmet, and they just own it. They never accessed it. If this roof begins to fall in, if this roof begins to collapse, what good is a helmet if I don't access it? What good is the helmet of salvation if you don't spiritually access it every day? How is your thought life and how is your mind protected if you don't access the helmet of salvation that God has given us. Abraham Lincoln said this, I love this. Abraham Lincoln is one of my my favorite, man, leaders of all time. And and he says it just like this. Most folks, most folks, I wish I could talk like him. Most folks are happy, are about as happy as they want to be. That's just, it's true. That's not exactly saying it like the Bible says, but what's he saying? Your attitude... Your mind and your thought life is developing the attitude, and that's developing the quality of life. You are experiencing, and you, your, your life is a product of what you are allowing your mind to soak up. Okay? So, Romans 7.22, uh, you can turn there if you want to. And so that is basically the helmet of salvation. And what I want to explain is why we need to put on the helmet of salvation and go a little, a little deeper into this. Romans 7.22, Paul is saying to the Romans, and he's being very honest and he's being very transparent. And he's talking about what, let me, let me preface it with this. He's having this, this inner battle that is going on. And he's saying, I want, he basically is what he's saying is, I want to do what is right. But he's saying the things that I, I want to do, I don't find myself doing. And the things that I don't want to do, those are the things that I find myself doing. So you can see that there's this inner struggle that is going on. He's being very open and transparent to the Romans about his flesh right here. And he's talking about, and this is why we need to put on the helmet of salvation. And this really explains it. Romans 7.22 says this. I love, this is New Living Translation. I love God's law with all my heart, but there is another power, power, okay, Within me that is at war, everybody say war, that is at war with my mind. I'm going to read it again. I love God's law, which means I love God's will. I love God's scripture. Okay, I love his commands, and that's what I want to do. But there's another power within me that is at war with my mind. So Paul is saying there's a war going on against my mind. It's not someone flesh and blood trying to hit me in the head and hit me in the mind. It's a spiritual battle that is going on. And the things that I don't want to do, those are the things that I find myself doing. It's just this vicious cycle of the flesh that wants to rise up on the inside of me. And he's saying my thought life is there's a war going on in my mind. 
There's a battle going on because as soon as I think, oh, that's good and I want to do that and I want to go after God, a thought creeps into my head and a thought creeps up into my mind and it begins to battle and I find myself doing because I give into that thought and it dictates what I do in my life. So he says, he uses the word war here. That there is a war going on in my mind. And what Paul is referring to here is he's he's referring to sin in the flesh. Okay? And, and, and the flesh, fleshly thoughts that we think, I wrote some of them down, our, our, our flesh, you know, wants to war against our mind with things like impatience. Okay? These are things that, you know, sometimes we give the enemy, you give the enemy way too much credit. And everybody says, well, oh, it's the enemy. Oh, it's the enemy. I'm thinking, no, it's just your flesh. You understand that your flesh is working against you? Okay, it's working against you because you have, when you were born, you were born a sinner. I don't know if anybody's told you that. That may be a revelation to you right there. But when you were born, you were born a sinner. Nobody taught you how to be angry. Nobody taught you how to lust. Nobody taught you uh, how to be envious or jealous. Man, you just naturally, we naturally have to fight that. Okay, so our flesh is given into things like impatience or worry or fear or stress or envy or jealousy. That there are things inside our flesh and then there are things inside our mind that we lean towards and we can gravitate. You might be a person that when there's a war going on in your mind, you might get, gravitate towards fear. You might gravitate towards stress or worry. You might gravita- gravitate towards jealousy. You know, it's different for every person and it's our flesh that creates a war in my mind. Hang on, I'm painting you the picture of why we need to put on the helmet of salvation and the war that's going on in our mind. Okay, I want to read you something. Uh, this I thought this was interesting. I, I read this because I heard this a while back and I just thought it was, it was amazing about our minds. Talking about our flesh, okay, because this is what we deal with every day. It says, psychologist, and, and this is a very close survey of what's going on in our minds. Psychologists have estimated that on average... We have as many as 60,000 thoughts per day. That's a lot that is going on in our mind. 60,000 thoughts per day. Our minds are certainly busy and often chatter constantly. Each of these thoughts at the physical brain level is releasing a shower of chemicals. These chemicals in turn transfer their information messages throughout the body. Though we tend to believe that mind and body are separate, they are interconnected and the body is continuously affected by our thoughts. Here's where it gets really interesting. It has been estimated that 95 to 98% of those 60,000 thoughts are repeated daily. Okay? Perhaps this could be called addiction to stale thinking. I like that. We should have a message called addiction to stale thinking. As with all addictions, we don't realize the repetition of our thoughts and emotional reactions are habitual. We tend to fear the unknown and as a result continue the same thoughts. This fosters a false sense of comfort. We can become imprisoned by the illusion of certainty, particularly if we perceive that we are thinking just like everyone else. Okay, that is how powerful your mind is. Your mind is the greatest computer ever created. And there are thousands and tens of thousands going through, uh, go, thoughts going through your mind every single day. Are you getting the picture of why it's so important to spiritually put on the helmet of salvation and protect your mind and your thought life? 
There's a lot going on there. There's a lot that wants to come out of my flesh every single day. Okay? So if there's two, there's two different ways, and I, I didn't say that, but there's two, two things that attack our mind. Number one is our flesh, and number two is the enemy. Okay? The enemy. The enemy wants to come against your mind. And the, what the enemy does is he wants to build what, what, we, what the Bible calls a stronghold in your mind. Or it's a castle or a fortress that you build up in your mind. And castles and strongholds have to be torn down. Okay? I, I don't have time to go into that, the tearing down of strongholds that, that is in uh, you know, what we just talked about in Ephesians 6. I don't have time to go into that, but that's what the enemy wants to do. You know, I believe, in, I believe in demons and I believe in the devil. You know why? Because Jesus casted them out. He believed in demons and he believed in the devil. And I know that there are sp- spiritual forces at work. I know that from Daniel 10 and, and, and all throughout the stories of Jesus and, 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 and because he believed in demons. And we have to understand that there are spiritual forces and the enemy has a plan because he knows that if he can compromise your li- if he can compromise your mind then he knows he can compromise the plan of God for your life so the enemy wants to build a stronghold in your mind that would need to be torn down a stronghold is things like fear again oppression depression severe lust of the flesh okay bitterness and rage these are beyond our flesh These are things that we let our flesh, we give a a foothold to the enemy. He uses the things of the flesh, and it builds a stronghold in our mind that needs to be torn down. Okay, these things have to be broken off of you. And you know what? The enemy is very slick. He's very sly. He's very smart. And he will use what your mind will naturally gravitate towards. So we have to be especially careful to protect our mind with the helmet of salvation protect our mind with what our mind is naturally gravitating towards. I'm not someone that fears. I'm blessed to say that I, 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 don't, I do not have a lot of fears. I just believe, I, I have a great faith against fear. I don't really worry that much, but there, I'm sure there are other things that I struggle with, maybe an anxiousness is something that I struggle with. And there, I'm sure there are plenty of things that war against my mind, but the enemy wants to use what I naturally, what my mind naturally gravitates towards to use that against me to build a stronghold up in my mind so that my thought life and my mind can be compromised. Okay? So that's why it's so especially, it's huge. 2 Corinthians 10.5 says this, that it exalts, Paul's really talking, and Paul, he's talking to the Corinthians He's defending his authority here, and, and he's talking about vain arguments and people that are trying to come against the kingdom of God. But it is a perfect example of our thought life and the things that are trying to come against us. 2 Corinthians 10.5 says, It exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Okay, Part of that verse says, It exalts itself against the knowledge of God. So, the enemy, what the enemy's trying to do is he's trying to create permanent thoughts in our mind. He's trying to create a permanent thought in our mind that will stay there so that we're dictated by that because as our mind goes, so goes our life. So he's trying to create that permanent. And you see that it says it exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Well, I thought when I got saved, I had the knowledge and the truth of God and that everything was going to be fine and everything was going to be easy. No, the enemy wants to exalt himself against the knowledge of God, the truth of God, and the hope of salvation when it comes to your mind. So, in order for us to battle the enemy's plan and battle what is trying to be exalted over this knowledge that we have... 
because of Jesus, then that means that we have to daily do what? Put on the helmet of salvation. Because the helmet of salvation is what protects that knowledge of God. It's what protects the truth of God. It's what will keep you from being deceived when slick people step up into your life and try to deceive you with cunning words that have no godliness and try to lead you astray. It protects the knowledge of God. When worry and fear and stress and envy and jealousy and lust try to creep up in your mind, it says that it protects the knowledge of God. Okay? Let's move on. I hope you're getting... I'm trying to paint you the most severe picture so that you'll know... It will burn in your brain and burn in your heart so you'll know, man, this has got to be a daily commitment of me putting on the helmet of God. So now that we see, now that we see what's happening in our mind, now that we see the war, as Paul was saying, the war that is going on in our mind, now that we see that it's vital, what do we do and what is the helmet of salvation activating in our mind? Let's look at the rest of 2 Corinthians 10.5. It says this, that it's bringing every thought that we should bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. When we put on the helmet of salvation, it allows us to activate, to be able to take every thought and bring it into captivity, okay? I want you to understand what that looks like. That means that it is difficult, it is hard for me, 60,000 thoughts a day, maybe I'm more. I'm probably a lot more. My brain never shuts off. Man, my mind never shuts off. And that it is important for us to take that thought immediately into captivity. It means that we reach out and we grab that thought by the throat and we take it captive, which means I will not let myself think on this thing. You know, just as I was studying and getting online, uh, I got on here on, on the Internet and uh, to uh, print out my stuff and and pull up this picture and everything like that, immediately there was something on Yahoo that wanted to grab my attention. Immediately there was a beautiful girl on Yahoo, half naked, that wanted to grab my attention. And immediately my thought life began to think, if I click on that, that won't look too bad. She won't be naked. She'll be clothed at least a little bit. But it might give me something to look at. Hey, I'm just being honest. I'm being transparent here. I'm willing to be open and transparent because that is our thought life. Immediately, the enemy, before I speak, wants to work into my mind so that a thought, a lustful thought, can creep into my mind and set up camp there. And I immediately said, 2 Corinthians 10, 5, I take every thought captive and I make it obedient to Christ. I have refused to let my eyes see an evil thing. Okay? The enemy is working against your thought life. The world is working against your thought life. Your flesh is working against your thought life. And you have to take every thought captive. Let me put it into human perspective for you. Human perspective is this. Is that if, if it would be just like this. If you let thoughts roam around in your head and you don't think take those thoughts captive immediately, it would look like this. Say you're asleep in your house. Okay, you're laying in bed. It's the middle of the night. It's 2 o'clock. I mean, you're, you're in deep sleep. You're just gone. 
You know, you're, you're, you're comfortable, you're just, you're just out of it. And say you hear some noise and you immediately know that people are robbing your home. Okay, you not taking your thought life captive is just as lazy as this. Is as you lay in bed and you, hey, honey, I think somebody's robbing the house. Oh, okay. Well, hopefully they'll just steal the TV. And then you just go right back to bed. I just, I don't want to get up. It just, you know, grabbing the bat or the gun or just, you know, hopefully they won't take too much. We'll be okay. We got insurance. And you let someone roam around in your house and take everything that you work so hard for. That is the same picture as you letting a thought set up camp in your mind. And not taking that thought captive immediately. That's what that means. But you better believe that if someone comes into my apartment, even though if they stole something, they'd probably, they'd probably only get about 35 bucks worth of stuff. But if they came into my apartment, you better, you better I'm going to wake up blasting, buddy. Swinging. Why? Because there, there's a couple different reasons. One, because I worked hard for the stuff. I worked hard to get where I'm at. And number two, because... I'm not going to let you get away with that because the righteous anger of God in me says I'm not going to let you get away with that. Some of you need to get aggressive with your thought life and say I'm not going to let the enemy set up camp in my mind. You need to get aggressive with it and say nope. I take that thought by the throat. I take it captive and I subject it to the obedience of Christ. I will not think on those things. I am angry about it. I am angry that the enemy would try to disturb me when I'm preparing for a message. It makes me angry. So what do I do? I want to take the thought captive and I want to immediately dismiss it and think on the good things of the Lord. So that the will of God is not compromised for my life. So he says you take every thought captive and then he says this, that you subject it to the obedience of Christ. What does that mean? Very quickly, subjected to the obedience of Christ means when Jesus died on the cross, he gave me a new thought life. He gave me the power to renew my mind. He gave me the power to be transformed by the renewing of my mind. Jesus gave me that power that I am not a slave to sin any longer. The sin is not my master. Jesus gave me that authority over sin when he died on the cross. So that means when I begin to think on those things, it doesn't line up with what Christ gave me. So when I take that thought and, and that, that thought tries to creep up and, 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 and that fleshly thought creeps up into my mind, I say, wait a second, this doesn't line up. This doesn't subject with what Christ gave me. This is, doesn't line up with what Christ taught. It doesn't line up with what Christ thinks, okay? And if I have the mind of Christ, then it does not line up with the mind of Christ. I subject it to the obedience of Christ. It's like... Um, if, if, if I were to go to a foreign country, okay, the rules are different and, and, the, and the laws are different in a foreign country than they are in the United States. Like, for instance, in Singapore, uh, it's illegal to throw your gum down on the street, on the ground. Okay, you can get in big trouble for that. They're, they're super clean, super strict. So if I don't know the rules and I don't know the laws of a country, okay, and I do something that is against the law, I'm going to be reprimanded for that. So they're going to sit me down and say, listen, you can't do this. It's against the law here. So I am subject to the laws of that country. Now, what happens after I realize what the laws of that country are? I don't throw my gum on the street anymore. 
I don't throw my gum on the ground. I am careful and I change my behavior because of the laws of that country. So when it's the same way with Jesus. We're subject to what Jesus gave us. What he provided for us. What we need to protect. And when a thought creeps up in your mind, that helmet of salvation allows you to say, wait a second, this doesn't line up with what Jesus gave me. This does not line up with the obedience of Christ. I subject this thought, and it does not match up with what Jesus taught, how he spoke, how he thought, and what he gave me when he died on the cross. So I immediately dismiss it. I take it into captivity, and I dismiss that thought. Okay? Everybody good so far? I'm, I'm, I'm almost done. I'm almost done. I'm getting to the, to the, to the big why and, and, and to the, uh, the big finale that God revealed to me today. So, God gave us this helmet of salvation. I want you to understand this. I know that, that this helmet of salvation that we're talking about, this is a completely spiritual thing. It's not carnal. I don't want you to go out and try to buy a helmet now or, or go home and put on a helmet and say, God, I thank you for this helmet of salvation that you've given me. Okay? If the weapons of warfare are not carnal, it's what Ephesians 6 says earlier, then the protection that God gives us, the armor of God, are not carnal either. It's a spiritual thing that we do. So when you get up and you dedicate and devote that first fruits to God in the morning, and you spiritually begin to put on the helmet of salvation that protects your mind, that protects your thought life. So that means you're spiritually doing it, that God has given you that helmet of salvation to be able to protect your mind and your thought life. You're not physically putting anything on, but it's a spiritual blessing. It's the same principle as, as a dying father passes on a spiritual blessing to his son. Okay, it is a spiritual application. It's not a physical, okay, sometimes it's tangible, but the spiritual blessing, the gifting, the mantle that the Father passes down to the Son, that's a, that's a spiritual thing that's happening there. And every morning, we are literally spiritually putting on that helmet of salvation. And, and I'm, I'm telling you, it might seem a little strange for you to say, God, I thank you for the helmet of salvation that I put on, that, it, that, that I put on as I put on the belt of truth and the, the breastplate of righteousness and the shoes of peace and, and, and the sword of the Spirit and the shield of faith as I hold up. As you spiritually put these on every morning that you devote and you decide in your mind, just like Paul says, he says, hey, I dedicate the members of my body as instruments of righteousness. I dedicate my hands. I dedicate my feet. Okay? There's nothing physically happening there, but he's saying sin wants to borrow the members of my body. So what am I doing? I'm spiritually saying I dedicate these for the kingdom of God. So we spiritually every day put on the helmet of salvation. Okay? First Corinthians, last couple of scriptures I'm going to give you. And then we're, we're going to close. 1 Corinthians 2.16 says this. And this is something that God truly began to reveal to me today. That was just really, really great. 1 Corinthians 2.16. For who can know the Lord's thoughts? Who knows enough to teach Him? Not me. For we understand these things because we have the mind of Christ. I'm going to read again. For who can know the Lord's thoughts? Who knows enough to teach him? This is New Living Translation. For we understand these things that, that we understand these things because we have the mind of Christ. When Jesus died and you got born again because of Jesus' death and you got born again and you got saved, what did you gain? You gained 
the mind of Christ. We as Christians have the mind of Christ. And it is our responsibility to protect the mind of Christ. This is something the Lord spoke to me when I was praying and studying. Without having the mind of Christ, you cannot do the will of Christ. If our end goal, if this life is all about doing the will of Christ, doing the will of God, doing the will of Father, you have the mind of Christ has to link up with the will of Christ. If you don't have the mind of Christ, and if things have set up camp and come against the mind of Christ that is on the inside of you, and if you have not protected that, and if you are not operating in the mind of Christ, you cannot carry out the will of Christ. And the end goal in life, life is all about carrying out the will of Christ. And so I know I have to have the mind of Christ. I wrote this down. Without putting on the helmet of salvation, you cannot protect the mind of Christ, which means you don't carry out the will of Christ. Without putting on, spiritually putting on the helmet of salvation, you cannot protect the mind of Christ that the enemy in the flesh tries to come against. So therefore, you cannot carry out the will of Christ. James 1.5 says this, and, and, and this is my last scripture I'm going to give you. James 1.5 says this. He says, he's talking about wisdom here. But then he goes to talk about doubt, and then he goes to talk about something that's relevant to me and you. James 1.5 says that, that if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally without reproach. God wants to give you wisdom. Okay? But it says, but let him ask in faith. Goes on to say this, but because if he doubts, and if he doesn't believe that he's going to receive, if he doubts, then he's like a wave of the sea tossed by the wind. He's unstable. And it says, for that man cannot receive anything because he is a double minded man. You know what double minded means? It means that your mind is on two things at once, like this. Fear and faith. You're double-minded. Fear and faith. I go back and forth. I'm so fearful. But praise God, I'm so faithful. Oh, man, God's going to do this. Oh, I'm so scared. I just don't know if it's going to work out. It's fear and faith. You're double-minded. Okay? It's lust and purity. I want to do what's right. I want to look at the things that are right. I want to be pure in the eyes of God. I want to be a person of purity, but then I'm lusting after the things of the world or the things of the flesh or lusting after men or lusting after women, whatever it is. It's lust and purity. It's double-minded. It's unstable. You go back and forth. Okay? It's, 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 it's jealousy and contentment. Man, I'm jealous of what they have. I'm so envious of what they have. I'm so envious of their gifting. I'm so envious of their talents. I'm so envious and jealous of their, of their cars and their houses and the things that God's blessed them with. But, but, yeah, but I, can't, I can't be content. But man, I, I'm content now. I'm content. I'm going to be content. I'm going to give thanks for all things. But now I'm envious. I'm jealous. You're double-minded. You go back and forth. You see, this is what happens when you don't put on the helmet of salvation and you don't protect your thought life and your mind. You become double-minded and unstable in all your ways, going back and forth, tossed like a wave of the sea, tossed from fear to faith, back to fear, back to faith. And that if you don't protect the mind of Christ, and if you don't protect your thought life by putting on the helmet of salvation, then we can't carry out the will of Christ. It is impossible to produce things of the Spirit without walking in the Spirit. You see, he, 
before that, he said, people that are not walking in the Spirit, people that don't have the Holy Spirit, he said that the things of God are foolishness to them. They're foolishness to them. They don't understand it. We understand it because we have the mind of Christ. And he says, so therefore you're able to carry out the will of Christ because you understand the things of God. But we can't carry out that will if we don't understand that we have to protect the mind of Christ. And that's why the helmet of salvation is so crucial and so important to wake up. And when you spend time with the Lord and that you begin to pray, no matter what, I don't care what it seems like. You know, a lot of times when I'm praying, I'm physically putting things on. It may seem strange to you, but it's just I, I'm, I'm that kind of imagination that, that Father, Lord, I pray that I, I devote the members of my body as instruments of righteousness this morning. Lord, that I, I devote my legs, that where I go would be dedicated to you. Lord, this morning I wrap myself and I gird myself with the belt of truth, that I take up the breastplate of righteousness, Lord that it would protect the righteousness of God that is on the inside of me, that I strap on the shoes of peace, that, that, that I put on the helmet of salvation that is protecting the mind of Christ so that I would be able to carry out the will of Christ so that my thought life would be protected and so the enemy wouldn't be able to build strongholds in my mind. I'm spiritually putting these things on every day. Daily devotion. Because we're in a spiritual battle. You know, my, my friend, I'm going to close with this. My friend, he, uh, he, he bought himself this, uh, this goofy moped. They call it a ruckus. And it's just a, it's a stupid little thing. It'll get you killed. Uh, just doesn't go fast enough. It's for like side streets. And it's just a, it's a dumb little thing with small tires. And it's just dangerous. So he bought this ruckus. And, and uh, he was on his way to church on a Sunday morning. And every single time when he had rode this ruckus, he wore a helmet. But this one day that he decided that he didn't want to mess up his hair, or whatever it was. He doesn't really have any hair, so it would be hard to mess up. But he decided he wasn't going to wear the helmet that day. And on the way to church, somebody cuts him off. He gets thrown from his bike. And he gets hit, or he, he, it launches his body into a telephone pole. He's got broken ribs. His, his spleen was cut a little bit. Okay, all kinds of things were on his body. Immediately rushed to the emergency room before, you know, before church ever starts on his way to church. And this is the day that he said that he didn't wear his helmet. Now listen, by the grace of God, he didn't die. Because he hit a telephone pole. But the same day that he did a telephone pole was the same day he decided to leave without wearing his helmet. Can you imagine what the enemy is going to try to throw against you the day that you leave without putting on the helmet of salvation? Can you imagine the thoughts that are going to be warring in your mind the day that you leave and you decide that I'm not going to spiritually put on the helmet of salvation? Do you, do you, can you imagine what might set up camp in your mind? What you might not take captive and will build a stronghold and that that would dictate the quality of your life and if you carry out the will of Christ. Guys, and, and, and just from studying this, I've been convicted about my daily devotion of putting on the full armor of God. We have to protect our thought life. 
We have to protect the mind of Christ so we can carry out the will of Christ. Amen. Let me pray for you guys tonight. Let me pray for us. Lord, Father, I just I thank you for this opportunity, Lord. And I thank you that this passage has, has absolutely come alive in, in my life. And, Lord, that it's been convicting to me, God. And, and, and Lord, I just pray, God, that this, this, this series, Lord, the armor of God, that it would burn on the inside of us, Lord. God, that we would choose to be people who wake up every day and, Lord, devote ourselves to spiritually putting on the armor of God. Lord, that we would not be people that are just lazy, that let people thoughts roam in our mind, but we would take those thoughts captive with the helmet of salvation, God. That we would make a conscious decision to do this so that we can carry out the will of Christ. Lord, we love you and we praise you Hallelujah. in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a great big glory. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Ryan. Wow. What a blessing to hear the word of God tonight. I'm telling you, I appreciate being fed. Uh, it, you know, it's the word of God is spiritual food. And let me just say about salvation. You know, in this context, I really don't think he's talking about uh, put on the helmet of the fact that we've been saved. I used to think that uh, Ryan said salvation has to do with, with his saving grace and power. How many of you know he can save you from yourself? Right. Amen. If we'll just apply uh, what the truths of God, he can save us from our flesh. He can help us. And, and so, wow, what a great word tonight to get us focused. I got challenged tonight to really, uh, you know what? In some ways, I'm an undisciplined man. How many of you know in some ways you're very disciplined, but in some ways undisciplined? I realize in some areas I'm just not disciplined in that area that I need to be disciplined in. When it comes to spiritual warfare, we cannot afford to be lackadaisical in our approach to life. You know, there's some things maybe you can be a little lackadaisical in that, that are not eternal. But uh, listen, the spiritual warfare has eternal consequences. Uh, and so I want to encourage you to apply this. Next week, I believe Trent, uh, I, I hope he's going to not be working. Uh, so uh, he'll be here. Trent's uh, going to be speaking on, on uh, the, um, the last one what, other than prayer. The, the sword of the spirit, which is all these things tie together, you know, the belt of truth, the sword of the spirit, they all tie together. And then I'm going to close out. I think I'm up uh, with that last thought, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. If there's enough Wednesdays left, I think there is. Uh, and so, and then we'll jump into radical. So, man, we got some great things going on for you. Let's stand together tonight and let's just, let's just commit this word to our lives.